Welcome to Zenergy, the interactive podcast providing resources for building a better life. I am Zena Shea. I am a coach, a conduit, and a catalyst who launches humanity into greatness by accelerating mindset changes and replacing limitations with possibilities. So today we're going to talk about gratitude, which I think is an amazing topic. Um, I, I'm going to talk about some of the research on gratitude and I, I have a, a wonderful author here with me, Frenchair Gardner. Say hi to the people. Everybody, thanks for having me, Zinashe. Oh, well, thanks for being here with us. And, um, you know, I, I love the topic of gratitude because I think that it actually is so pivotal. You know, I, I remember kind of hearing gratitude become part of like, I guess you could say the news or kind of part of the conversation about self-help, self-development when Oprah was talking to, um, I think her name was Sarah Bombronic and she had actually created a gratitude journal and she was talking about how mm. much transform people's lives just to write down three things every day that they were grateful for. And, um, I actually found out recently because I created a guided journal that they've done research on just being grateful and writing down what you're grateful for. And they found that it actually changes the brain and it actually changes the brain for a significant amount of time. So like they did research for just two weeks of people writing down three things they were grateful for every single day. And what they noticed is that it made people more resilient you know, because what they were doing was they were tuning in to positives and they were learning how to tune out or to kind of negate or ignore some of the negative things that would get under their skin. And so it was making people more resilient, making them more positive, making them more optimistic. And that was leading to a lot of health benefits in terms of like less stress, you know, just them feeling more relaxed, more at peace, more fulfilled. And actually they were noticing, like I said, the wiring in the brain was changing and that the benefits lasted for like six weeks. So it was like, wow, that's so powerful, you know, and it's something that I've been doing for a while, just kind of being grateful, trying to be grateful. So why did you pick this topic from kind of the list of topics that I have? What kind of made it stand out to you? Well, it's a practice that I have. I don't write it down, but um, I stay in a uh, state of gratitude and gratefulness. Uh, it it really opens up um, abundance, you know, in your, in your life. Um, and I, I've come to learn that. And uh, so that's, that topic resonated with me. Awesome. Well, we have a couple of people watching right now. I want to say hi to Gary McCullough. I hope I'm saying his name right. And Jessica Singleton, he said, hello, what's up? And Jessica said, peace, everyone. I started mine last week. So I guess she's Oh, Tiffany Chantel is also Tiffany Chanel. I'm sorry. GMT is also watching. So Peace, um, Tiffany. That's my girlfriend. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm, I'm glad that you actually picked the topic because I think that, you know, on the path to becoming a better person, I think sometimes people get frustrated with themselves and they sure. don't. Um, and she says, peace, sis. <laughs> She, and I don't think that they sometimes give themselves credit for what, what they're getting done, you know, and they're not grateful for the progress that they've had. They're not grateful for sometimes the help that they're being given, um, just for the, just for the whole journey. Cause sometimes life isn't about 
the destination, but it's about the journey. It's about all the things that happen to you on the way that make you the person that you want to be, you know? Right. So, so what, how do you actually incorporate gratitude into your life? How has it like impacted you or changed you or motivated you, made you better? Okay. So, um, I, um, you know, experience bipolar depression. Mm. So there are days that is really tough for me uh, when I'm feeling depressed. It's not often, but some days are, are really low and, and and I have hard, hard um, time motivating myself to do much. And on those days, on those tough days, um, when I'm not feeling like myself, I really tap into being grateful and, and gratitude and, and understanding that I have so much to be grateful for. Like I've, I've come so far, you know, from where I was, from where I was mentally. And so I just have so much to be grateful for Zinashe. And so that really, um, is a part of what I use to keep my joy to keep my peace, uh, my sanity, um, just re realizing um, that um, I have so much, you know, I'm so wealthy mentally in a spiritual place. Um, opportunities are, are coming to me. And so um, I'm here with my mother. That's, that's a big thing. I, I live here in Dallas, Texas. And, but for a long time, I was in St. Louis, Missouri, away from my mother. And so just to have the, the experience of being able to experience, um, you know, spending a lot of time with my mother, really getting to know her um, as she aged and um, just really not taking for granted any day or any time that I get to spend with her because I know um, then I say that life is fleeting uh, my sister died at the age that I am today. I'm 42 years old. Mm. Um, uh, 10 years ago, she died at 42. And so 10 years ago, that was a, you know, it taught me that, you know, even before, way before this pandemic, you know, it taught me that, you know, we don't have time. Mm. We don't have a lot of time to waste on anything. And so, um, I spend my time being grateful for, you know, the people I have around me, uh, the opportunities that I'm creating for myself, the people I'm getting to know, um, the places I'm getting to, to see. There's just there's just so much to be grateful for. And um, that's 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 where I, I spend my time in that space um, most days. Well, that's really good. And I agree with you. You know, I've lost, I wrote a memoir um, last, well, I actually published it in February of this year and it was over the last seven years of my life. Okay. And in this, the last seven years of my life, I've actually lost 13 people. And, and my mom was one of them. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of family members, a lot of family friends. Um, so I, I can definitely resonate with just being grateful that you have those people in your life, that you still have a life, you know, because there are many people, as, as you were saying about your sister, who don't get to be in their late 40s or their 50s. So even, you know, 
I think it was Pitbull said any day above good of uh, any day above ground is a good day. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, so just to have that, you know, thank God that I woke up this morning. I have another chance. I have another opportunity to move forward and accomplish my goals. I can work on the legacy that I want to leave behind me, you know, and just to be grateful for that. And I think that that's kind of where it starts that, that idea that we aren't in a sense owed anything that even just life itself is a gift and yes. then going from there and saying, okay, so what am I going to do with these gifts and how am I going to show this gratitude to the people who are, you know, blessing me with their presence, with their love, with their support and to God and to, you know, the universe and to just even my ancestors, you know, I have a tremendous amount of gratitude to the people that got me here that aren't yes, around anymore, but they got me here, you know, and, and when right. I look at myself, I can see, you know, the input of my grandmother and my grandfather, and my mom and my dad and all the people that are no longer here They're, they've gone on, but they got me here. Right. So just to realize that I, in a sense, I think it was Oprah. Somebody said I, that we stand on the shoulders of greatness and that yes. we do something to the people that came before us. And just, you know, to be grateful for their sacrifice and their gifts and, you know, everything that they put into us. That's the truth. Yeah. And so I know that you you were talking about coming a long way, dealing with your, you know, bipolar disorder. And, and I know that in your bio, I put it in the Facebook uh, event that you had, you know, several things that, you know, you have accomplished some things. You're a mother of four, which is a blessing. You know, I'm, yes. I'm, gonna, just, I'm gonna just tip my hat to you. I have two, two. Yes. <laughs> have more than two. I just have to tip my hat to them because you know I was like, no more. You know, I actually did try to get pregnant after the two, but I was like, okay, God knew better than than me. So uh, I'm grateful for my two, but you have four. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And, and then you actually studied um, psychology and sociology. And you overcame some trauma in your life, you know, yes, um, domestic violence, homelessness, being molested, um, and then, you know, having some separation from your children. And then you created a business, which has a very unique name, B and Us. So what, what is like, what does that name mean? What is like, why did you create this business? What is that about? Yes, ma'am. So, um, I was having a discussion with an ex-boyfriend, you know, we were dating at the time and we were, we were discussing, um, having, starting a t-shirt business. And mm -hmm. so if we would, we, if we would start the t-shirt business, what would our brand name be? And so at that time I thought of, uh, that I would want my brand to be B like B just B E. Um, like, and then, you know, I would, you know, accentuate it with B you know, be whatever you want, be yourself, you know, be whatever, be you. Um, um, in the, in the sense that when we really tap into being our best, best selves and we all, you know, do it together, um, you know, it's really a big thing. You know, you really can, you know, make a lot happen. And, um, really when you're tapping into being your own authentic self, uh, you're touching the people that you're designated to touch. Um, I really do believe in, in um, that uh, before the foundations of the world, it was already set who we were supposed to touch, you know, all over the world. 
and um and who we were supposed to have an impact on and um so if you if you tap into who being yourself you can do that you know if you don't ever find out and realize who you really are and get to know who your who yourselves is i think you're just doing a lot not only a yourself a disservice but the people who you are are meant to impact i just really just believe in that and so um that was that and so my my ex cedric he said well my my uh my brand would be us because he's all about unity and so um maybe a couple years after that having that conversation um i started my brand and i got it incorporated and i thought of that conversation and i put b and us together um, because when, like I said, when we're being our authentic best selves and then when you, when the power of combining with others who are being their best selves, really teamwork does make the dreams work. You really, there's an impact you can make. You can make an impact on other people's lives and, and businesses. And so I really just believe in, in the, uh, the spirit of Ujamaa. Uh, one of the Kwanzaa principles uh, of us working to, together collectively to build um, and especially economically. Um, so that's that's where the, the premise of the name came from. I like that. And, and, you know, I am grateful that we live in a time where we can be our authentic selves, because I think about, you know, the first thing that kind of came to my mind when I thought thought about the past and not being able to be our authentic selves as a scene from Roots that probably everybody our age and above has seen when he, um, when uh, LeVar Burton's character was being whipped and he's like, tell me what your name is. You know, and he yes. says, Kuta, you Kuta, Kuta Kinte. And he goes, no, your name is Toby. You know, your name is Toby. And he keeps beating him until he actually renounces his name. Right. And, that that's very symbolic because you know in the past our authenticity was beaten out of us our language our culture our food you know our religion um everything was was beaten you know beaten out of us and and uh tiffany chantel says that chanel says i appreciate hearing your wise friend chair feeling more connected with what you do now awesome oh wow that's beautiful yeah. mm-hmm. so you know when i think about living in 2022 and I think about being a woman, uh, a black woman at that. I feel very grateful many times that I am able to use my voice and my talents the way that I'm able to use them because there was not, it wasn't too long ago that we were shut up in the kitchen, you know, or being a maid and we couldn't get on a platform like this. We couldn't write books. They wouldn't publish them. You know, many right. women had to write under a pseudonym. They had to pretend to be a man. You know, mm-hmm. they had to give a man credit for their ideas because nobody would take them seriously. And right. so, you know, just to be grateful to, hey, I've got this voice. I can use this voice. I can create a business that actually reflects my values. I don't have to um, just buy into the culture and just, you know, work for someone else. But I can actually become an entrepreneur and and pay for my own um I guess you could say, be able to get people to pay for what I am doing is what I meant to say. But, you know, it's, it's amazing. And, and just being able to do that is great. So I, I love 
as she said, your why that be authentic. Cause it is empower. It is empowering to be authentic and it's powerful to be authentic. Mm-hmm. And I think that you're right. When we're authentic, we're able to touch the people that were designed for us to touch because the people that you touch, I may not be able to touch in the same way because you have your own unique style brand message, you know, and I feel like everybody kind of has their own lane and, and that's why mm-hmm. there's really no need to, in a sense, compete because what's for you is for you, you know, that's I mean? right. And that's so right. we can, you know, we can um, just coexist and support one another, build one another, like the unity you were talking about and, and actually further the goals of the whole collective, you know, economy or the, the village, as my mentor would say it, you know, we could yes. first the goals of the village. Yeah. So um, to kind of continue, you know, you also have a global podcast called A News You Can Use. So what's that about? Yes, ma'am. So that's the logo behind me. Um, a, a News You Can Use podcast. Oh, uh, I don't even know. Just out of nowhere. <laughs> Here I am like podcasting. So my uh, years ago, I was in the insurance business. I was an insurance agent, sold all types of insurance from, you know, life insurance to auto insurance and all that between. And um, I was talking to one of my girlfriends, um, Daisha, and I was asking her, you know, I was trying to ask for some ideas on marketing and how to get more clients and how to get myself in, into, into more houses. And so she was like, well, you should, you know, become a podcaster on YouTube and, um, you know, show yourself as the insurance expert. And I was like, okay, cool. That's a good idea. But I tabled it. I never did it. Right. And so in 2019, I was living in St. Louis and, uh, this, this co-working space called Nextcore in St. Um, South St. Louis city, they uh, offer one week free uh, to come and use their facilities and, um, you know, test it out. And so I was working from home at the time. And so I was, I was open to the opportunity to go into a space, you know, um, where there's other entrepreneurs doing their thing and, and, you know, just work it out and see how it would fit in my life or whatever. And so I, I went for that week and one evening they had a, uh, they, well, they had classes, business classes all, all through the week. And so one night in particular, they had one about podcasting. So I went uh, and one of the first questions they asked Zenashe was, what's the name of your podcast and what it was about? But I had no podcast. <laughs> and so on the fly, I said my name, my podcast name was News You Can Use uh, podcast, and what I would be doing was bringing um, positive news from from the diaspora, and um, so that's essentially where it started. And uh, they offered us a uh, one hour. They they offered us to give. They gave us podcasting time in their studio. They had a podcasting studio. So I recorded my first episode. I, I went home and wrote stuff up and I wrote like, you know, I, I was in there about three hours, you know, my first episode. And so then it transformed um, over time. I was just talking and, and just getting, you know, events off the web and, 
you know, who I supported and, you know, sharing their, their events and things. And then it, it transformed to me wanting to promote black businesses because I feel like we really are doing um, some impactful work in our communities across the diaspora, but we don't get the new, we don't get any um, exposure. We're not getting the, the exposure like from ma mainstream media. Like I feel like we should, like we're just not getting our shine. So I was, I decided I would dedicate my platform to promoting black and brown business owners. And so um, I started interviewing um, uh BIPOC business owners on my podcast and and that's that's where where it kicked off and so I really have met some amazing people from like all over the world and um just been a really uh awesome like time just getting to know all of these people who who care so much and who are so passionate about what they're doing uh, you know, I love I love listening to just people's journeys because I think that there's nuggets that come out. And I think that people who are listening can be inspired. Um, and I think that sometimes, you know, someone said to you, hey, you should do this podcast. You tabled it. But then there was an opportunity that came up and you were like, well, let me just go check it out. I think that being open to explore. Mm hmm to people getting so many different options, because if you hadn't been open to explore, you would not have been there. They no. would not have offered you the time and the space. You right. would not have had to come up with a name for your podcast right on the spot, you know? And then yeah. as you began to go home, you know, they offered you that time and slot. You could have turned it down, but you right. did not. You know, you said, Oh, thank you. And then you went home and got ready. You know, so I, I always love to tell people, you know, if you take the first step and I think it's in the book, The Alchemist, you know, that the whole universe will conspire to help you because, you yes. know, a lot of people ask me, like, how did you get started in spoken word? Well, I just started because I was stressed out and I love to write. And I thought that performing would actually give me like more of a release and a high. And I would just mm. kind of leave all my stress on the stage. And yes. that's exactly what happened. But then I'm performing one night, have no intentions on doing anything else, but just going to open mics and performing, just no, no intentions on doing anything else. And the business owner comes up to me and says, you know, I really love your poetry. I love your style. It's, it's really classy. It's, you know, it's, it's thoughtful. I would love if you created a show for me. Wow. And I said, really? And he was like, well, I'm sure you know other poets and other entertainers. I was like, well, yeah, you know, because my mama taught me how to network. So I yes. would go on the shows. I would be, you know, getting people's numbers, getting people's cards, giving people my card, you know, you know, and, and just as just as a poet, just that just that was it. I didn't have anything else going on. Just that. Um, and I was just getting people's numbers and, and, and Instagrams and, you know, we pull out our phones, put the Instagram in there, put the Facebook in there, you know. So I had. Uh, in the probably year and a half that I've been performing, I had gotten a lot of people's information, but I wouldn't do anything with it, but I had it. And then here you go. Yes. Can you create a show for me? Uh, yes, I can. Give me a month. Now I'm saying, yes, I can. And I have no idea how to do this. Wow. I, I, I just, I called up my friends. I was like, 
okay, I think I need a DJ. I need a name. I need a DJ. I need a logo. I need a DBA. I need, okay, let me just make a whole list of everything I need. And I just started making that list. And then I started calling people, hey, I'm going to do this show. I would love for you to be on it. Would you be on it? And everybody I called except for one person said yes. Amazing. Yes. And now actually I'm doing a show on the 24th. It's actually been four years since my first show. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. And we work with people from all over the United States, worked in many, many, many venues. But the thing is, the show led to other things. It led to podcasts. It led to my books. It led to me speaking and doing speaking engagements and workshops because one thing leads to another. So like you were talking about in your particular case, you started off, hey, I'm going to tell news you can use. I'm going to pull news from the web. But then you ended up getting another idea. I think that ideas come when you're doing something positive and when you're doing something that you were put here to do, then I think other ideas come to expand you and grow you. And so you got the idea of let me try to interview these business owners that are not getting um, you know, exposure. And then that probably led to you getting new contacts, as you said, but also learning and growing yourself because we learn, we grow from other people. Right. So, so I'm always grateful when I look back, you know, I, I think of Snoop Dogg when he got up on the microphone and he said, I want to thank me. I know that's right. (laughs) I'm very thankful that I was given a heart and a spirit and you too to just step out, to take a risk, to explore, because I think that all the best things are on the other side of the comfort zone. You know, when you stretch yourself, that's where you become your best self. When you say, I don't know, but I can learn. You know, just like you did with the podcast, right? I don't know, but I can learn. (laughs) I'm totally that person, though. Like, I live my life on, on, like that. Like, I, um, I just, I just go, just take the risk. Like, I just feel like I only got this one life. Like, I need to just see, like, if it gonna work. If it works, then it's amazing. You know, if it don't, okay, let me go back to the drawing boards, but. I just don't, I don't sit on ideas when I have them. I really, I put them out there. I feel like the ancestors are, are giving me a little something. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Let let me try that out. And it most times works out. And, um, it's just a blessing, like to have the freedom, you know, to do it, you know, cause, um, fear holds you back, you know, a lot. You know, you you know, you can allow fear to hold you back from putting out your good ideas, and um, then years and time goes by, and you're like, man, I had that good idea, man, I should have did it. And then a lot of times, <laughs> what's so messed up is somebody else put your idea out. Yeah, because because the idea, the spirit is still moving. So somebody gonna catch it. And so, um, so I, I live my, my life on that, on that principle. I just put my, my stuff out there. You know, if it, if it bombs, whatever, if it does go, it does, does well, then, you know, I, I put something great out there that I thought of and, and it's a blessing to see, um, what is it, uh, going from nothing 
to something like I created something into the world, into the universe. And um, that's that's amazing a feeling. And, and, it, and it makes me uh, it reinforces the fact that I can manifest something, you know, if I put my mind on it. Well, I, I agree. I always say that everything starts here first, that everything is created in the invisible within the mind. And then you begin to sometimes speak about it. And sometimes you don't even speak about it. Sometimes you just start to do. But many times you begin to speak about it. Um, and then you begin to actually put it into action. And that could be creating something that could be starting a podcast, writing a book, you know, whatever it is. But everything starts invisible first. And, and so it's yeah. actually having faith in those invisible ideas and moving forward to explore them and, and take a risk on them and take a risk on yourself. You know, I think that sometimes we're afraid not of necessarily success or failure, but we're afraid of like our own inadequacy. It's like, I don't want to know, you know, anything about myself that I don't already know. I don't, I don't want to know sure. certain things. So I think sometimes we have to just say, okay, I may learn some things about myself that I don't like, but I could change that. You know, I yes. may learn and I'm horrible at this, but it's okay. It's not, right. it's not part of my identity. It's just where I am today. And I mm -hmm. think that's another thing that we can be grateful for change. You know, I'm a teacher yes. and I always talk to my students about change and growth. And I say, Hey, you know, I show them a picture of a, of a seed and a tree the first day of school. Okay. And I say, everything that you see in that tree was actually within that seed. All it needed was the right environment and water and sun and time and an effort to grow, you know, because yes. it has to push its roots down and it has to, you know, look, sometimes stretch for nutrients. But, and if that seed were to say, look how small I am, I'm never going to be anything at all. I'm just so small. I'm just so insignificant. If it were to beat itself up, that would be really foolish because look, 50 years from now, that thing might be 300 feet tall. <laughs> Facts. You know, so I think sometimes we have to, we have to just accept where we are and, and Hey, I'm right here right now. This may not be where I want to be, but I can be grateful that I'm here and I can be grateful that I've got time to grow and time to get to where I want to be you know, and, and we can just encourage ourselves, you know, um, about the journey. And I, I saw that you also paint and write, you know, so you paint abstract paintings and acrylics. So how did you kind of get started with using that as a form of like self-care and, and to deal with your trauma? Like what made you think, let me paint? <laughs> I, uh, one summer I had, I, I like, uh, I did the entrepreneur thing, like full-time entrepreneur thing for a couple years. So I had time on my hands. Right. <laughs> and so I took, a, I took some classes at a craft Alliance in St. Louis and, uh, their art space. And so I took an introduction to, uh, photo no, excuse me, introduction to Photoshop and an introduction to, um, acrylics painting and both of those were six weeks six uh, six weeks six week course uh, we met every saturday i missed a couple classes but um i really enjoyed painting painting was so relaxing um 
I, I'm, I've, I've always been an artist of some sort since I was a kid. I've just always been artistic. Um, uh, just I just never used the, the medium of painting. And so just exploring the colors, um, the texture, uh, I just loved it. I just I took to it. And um, honestly, I ended up being an abstract painter because I just just being full transparency. I missed the classes where the teacher were teaching us faces and how to make the details and things. And so I just and I just haven't taken the time to like what, you know, go to YouTube and, you know, study it or something. And so I, I really enjoy just um, it's it's like meditation for me. I really um, set the scene. I do candles. I smudge. I put on good music like R&B. And I just make I just really like make it a meditative uh, space for myself. And then I put no pressure on myself on what to draw or because I can't draw or what to paint. I, I mean, and so I don't put any pressure on myself. I really just kind of like uh I just kind of, it's a spiritual thing. It's, I ask the ancestors, I say, well, what is it that you want me to um, put on canvas t today? And um, it's a whole experience and uh, I have fun, you know, um, blending colors and, and just trying new things. And I don't do it often um, these days, um, but I do, um, every time I do it, I enjoy it so much. And I, and I like mixed media too. Like I like to put like fabric, um, on the paintings. I, I paint on cardboard. I paint on poster boards. I, I take like, you know how you put people put their um, old art on in the trash and they don't put it on the trash. They put it on the side. Well, I pick those pieces up. And, and, and with the intentions of at some point, I'm going to paint over those pieces and I'm going to create my, create my own masterpieces um, and they'll be framed and glassed. And um, but I use I use, um, you know, those pieces that, you know, people, you know, throw away. So uh, that's my experience with paint. I, I just kind of really enjoy it. I think that's really cool. You know. I have noticed over maybe the last, I don't know, five or six years, it hasn't been very long. There's been this paint and twist thing going on everywhere. Mm -hmm. like, you know, all these little shops will open and sometimes they'll close. But um, it seems like a lot of people are wanting to explore painting. They, they, they feel like, you know, they want to express themselves. And so somebody came up with this idea. Hey, let's, you know, let's create a space where people can paint and, and people are, people are going and they're, they're finding creativity. You know, I've, I've been, I actually did poetry at, it was called sip and paint. Okay. No, it's called spit and paint or something like that. Cause nice. you know, but um, it was really cool. Cause we, they were painting, they started painting before we went up on the stage and then we're, we're, we're spitting and some people are painting and some people are just in the audience listening. And it was just kind of a real cool space. And I was, you know, mm -hmm. I've been to two of those where, you know, they're painting while we're performing and it was kind of, it was pretty cool. That so sounds I, cool. Yeah, it was, it was, I'll, I'll probably do another one sometime, but uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, and then I see your shirt. So I know that you wrote a, a, a kid's book. 
you know, um, and it says, mommy and daddy, do you still love me anymore? Yes, that's it. Oh, so what, you know, that is such a, a, a unique question to ask. Um, and I think that probably all kids wonder, you know, if they're loved and some, some kids, uh, struggle even their whole lives with feeling like they weren't loved. They weren't accepted. They weren't, um, they were unwanted, you know, that whole, right. was I an accident? Did you want me? Did I interrupt your lives? You know, that kind of question. I mean, that's a, that's a very heavy question for a child. Yes, it but, is. But um, what made you like write a book with that title? Uh, when I moved back, I moved back home uh, to Dallas, Texas in 2019, summer of 2019. In the winter of 2019, I had a vivid dream. I was I was living with my mother and I had a vivid dream. Uh, my activist uh, peer, Tori Russell, was in my dream telling me how I had not done enough to let my four children know that I still love them and that I was still thinking of them. And he said that I needed to do more. And I woke up from that dream, Zenashe, um, and I wrote uh, the first edition of Mommy and Daddy, Do You Still Love Me Anymore? And I wrote it um, unedited, uh, no illustrations. Uh, the only picture was on the cover um, of me and my four children and my mother. Um, the story, the backstory um, on my family is uh, I was married. We had four children and um, due to different circumstances, we uh, our children got taken. They were, in my opinion, they were kidnapped by the state because the state had given me um, uh, daycare and I came back from work to pick my kids up and they were gone. Mm. without any notice wow um, and so uh my kids were in the system and they got adopted and a closed adoption and so i don't get to talk to my kids the, you know their their new mother uh gets to decide you know um if we have a relationship or not and she's chosen um to not let me have one and so um i haven't seen my children since uh 2004 and, um, you know, they're growing up, you know, my oldest son, Joseph Jr. will be, uh, 17, uh, in, in five days and nine on, on nine 11. Um, uh, I do get to speak to him because he, um, he reaches out to me. Um, but he's the only one I talk to and, um, and that's sporadic. And so anyway, I wrote this story. Um, to let them know that despite the separation that I still love them and that I still was thinking of them and that I still care for them. The last, some of the last words that I said to them was that no matter where they were, cause I did get to talk. I got, I got to see them before, you know, in 2004, I got to see them before they got adopted and, and they, they moved, you know, they went to a whole, they're in a whole nother state. And so I told them that no matter where they were, um, nothing could separate us that we were one and, and that I loved them and, um, that I would always love them. And so, um, that's the message that I wrote and, um, in 2019. And then, um, I collaborated with my good friend, um, Dell Chambers, who is a, a world renowned uh, artist, visual artist. 
she illustrated my children's book and so she she put my my pit my uh words into illustration form and, and did such an amazing job you know connecting she i just feel like she really did a w really good job connecting with children um with the illustrations and so uh that was published in july of 2021 so that was the second that that's the second edition and so um that's the story. I, I got the second edition is edited and it has illustrations. And so, and it's and in paperback. The first, the first edition was on, 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 I only published it on Kindle. Um, so it's on, in the ebook form. And so the second edition is in paperback and ebook. And so, uh, the, the message is, is it a love letter to my children? Uh, Joseph Jr., French Air 2, Melchizedek, and Sarai. They're my, they're my reason why I do everything I do. You know, I live to for that day when we reconnect again. And uh, I was, I'm just so grateful in this, you know, in, in, in the topic of gratitude, I'm grateful that I get to tell my child who I haven't seen. You know, we, we, we video chatted uh, I, last week. I got to see him. He just, I hadn't talked to him in, since April. He, it was a scare, like just, worrying you know just not having no information not knowing what's going on with him uh then finally just he he just happened to oh, oh um accept my video and so i got to tell him that when he graduates next, next year from high school he can come here to be with me and um you know it just felt good to be able to tell him that and um but the 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 universal message as my story is for anybody that has experienced foster care or the adoption system to let them know their biological parents is still thinking of them, still cares about them, still loves them. They're not abandoned. They they got people that care for them. Well, that's that's really a, a powerful message. And, I'm you know, it's amazing how you can take tragedy or something that's very difficult to deal with and, and deal with it through writing a book about it. And then other people can be inspired and helped. You know, um, I mentioned that I had lost, you know, 13 people in seven years. And, and in my memoir, I talk about that. I talk about divorce. I talk about a lot of different things. There's a lot of uplifted stuff in there, but there's also a lot of dealing with the difficult things. Yes. That brings you. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's very healing poetry, writing, even art, as you were talking about, they're all healing modalities that, you know, we're able to take the pain within us and transform it, you know, yeah. and, and a long time ago, they used to have a thing that they, that, you know, people said there was alchemy. They could take a metal, like, you know, some base metal, like lead and turn it into gold. I don't know. I don't think that that was a thing really, but I think that poets and artists, we are alchemists in the sense that we do take a lot of trauma and we do make beautiful things out of it and things that yes. other people can pick up and be inspired by, uplifted by, even learn from, you know, and, and grow from. And I think that that's really a beautiful thing. Yes, and it I'm is. Glad that you were able to take, you know, your own personal hurt and sadness and, and, create something for children who, or, or even youth teens that are kind of going through separation from their parents and, and, uh, they could feel that they're loved, that they're, that they're not forgotten. They're not abandoned. 
you know, cause exactly. I think scars, they can impact you for life. You know, those kind of sure. and fears and insecurities. So it also said that you had some other books that you were uh, in a couple of anthologies, finding joy in the journey and healthy ways to find joy during difficult times, which was a, a, a devotional. And then you have the single saved struggle. That's right. Uh, in 2021, I got involved with some anthology projects, you know, to stretch myself. Um, you know, I've, I've always, I've always, I feel like I, I feel like I'm going to be a superstar. I feel like I'm a superstar in my own right. You know what I'm saying? I, I just feel like, you know, I've been through so much and that I'm meant to inspire and motivate people, you know, and really just to get off your butt and do your thing. You know, there's like, don't, there's no stopping, no fear, just really just do it. Like that's, that's like how, that's my, that's my desire, like to impact people like that because like, oh my God, like you just don't know when is your time. So I wrote, I did, I, I, I connected with Vanessa Blackwell on Facebook and, and Angie B as well. And so Vanessa was, she, she, she does, she puts out an anthology a year and she works with, at one time she works with 90 authors and the 90 authors are, um, they, they write on this topic. So our last year, our topic was finding joy in the journey volume two. And, um, it was an honor, you know, to really just, you know, cause it, the chapter word count is not a lot, but you know, we all got a chapter and just to express, you know, how, uh, you can find joy. You know, it took me a long time to find joy, like personally, you know, I just, I, Ooh, like, especially when I was married, I was going through, I was so depressed. I, and I didn't even know it was depression, you know, even though, and it's funny Cause it's like I was having an out of body experience. Cause I have a whole degree in psychology, so um, you know. Um, anyway, my point is, I got to write um, my chapter. I, I wrote my chapter. It's called "Tools for Joy," and I laid out. I just basically laid out everything I've learned in all this time, and I just put it out in my chapter. You know, you know, things you can do to maintain your joy, to find joy, and all of us express, you know, how you can find joy through, you know, our experiences. Cause you know, we all have gone through, you know, a lot or something. And, um, everybody has a testimony on how they keep their joy. You know, if they if that's their journey that they're on. And so it was really a great opportunity to work with Vanessa, um, with this book. Um, she, she got us, um, number one, Amazon bestselling status. So we're, um, you know, we're number one bestselling authors because of this book. And, um, I really just, uh, it's a great book. It's a 90 day devotional. So, um, you know, it's something really you can dive into. Some people use scriptures in their, um, in their texts. So it was, I, it was, that's how I got involved with that one. And then, and, 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 and Angie B was one of the authors in the an anthology. She does her own thing. She does Angie B productions and she produced audiobooks. And so, um, she had an opportunity, um, 
to submit your story on the pandemic. So that's what the single saved struggle. The struggle continues. It's about um, eight authors. They tell their story on what experiences they've been having during the pandemic. And um, it's wild. And, uh, and, and she um, is, is not written. It's in audiobook form. And so she, she narrates all of our stories. And so um, I just thought that was different. And so I got involved with that project um, last year as well. Okay. Okay. Well, that's really cool. You know, kind of thinking about um, pivoting <laughs> when you're talking about during the pandemic, you know, so I told the audience, you, that I, I do shows and I, I'm still doing shows, but we all know during the pandemic, um, quarantine time, all of the live shows were canceled. They were all right. And so I had to pivot during that time. I had to say, okay, this has become my second income. This has become a great way that I release stress. I don't have it anymore. And for many, many, many performers, it was almost like another death because you lost something that really feeds you and gives you life. And so um, people have been talking to me, like you said, they've been talking to you. You should do a podcast. You have a great voice. You should do a podcast. You tell great stories. You should do a podcast. And you got your poetry. You should do a podcast. And I was like, I don't know anything about podcasts. <laughs> but, <laughs> right? But I can learn. <laughs> so I actually took the time during um, quarantine to actually take a podcasting class. And I didn't know what I was going to talk about. Nice. And then I was like, well, you know, I've been sitting here and you talk about a devotional. When I was a little girl, my mom gave me this Bible promise book and it okay. was kind of A to Z. When you feel angry, read this. You know, when you feel uh challenge, read this. When you feel doubtful, read this. You know, when you have low nice. energy, read this. You know, when you feel fearful, read this. And so I was like, you know what? I, I kind of moved away from the church and Bible, but you know, what do I do when I feel angry? What, what can I tap into? What do I do? And I started writing down like words and, and ideas of how I could kind of get better in that area, what obstacles I was having in that area, what resources I had in that area. And so I kind of did my own A to Z list. And I was like, I could talk about this on the podcast. We could go A to Z with self-development topics and we could talk about our journey. We could talk about our growth. We would talk about inspiring stories, how we became the person that we are and in our you know struggles and triumphs and all that and you know i'm gonna call it i'm gonna call it i'm gonna call it zenergy <laughs> and that's nice. for more peace and fulfillment in life and that's actually where the podcast came from and it was nice. actually kind of out of the idea okay i'm struggling during the pandemic, I'm struggling to deal with stress. Everybody's struggling. Everything that's familiar has been taken away from us. You know, I'm dealing with this online learning as a teacher, Ugh! you know, and all of this craziness is happening. So what can I do to remind myself of the good things? And I started thinking about what I had to be grateful for. And I actually came yes. up with this, you know, A to Z of all of these things that I still had, that I still could do could use to actually impact my life and transform my life. So it was kind of about, as you were saying, finding joy in the journey and, and dealing with the struggle, you know, kind of all those things. And then later after that podcast went out and people started coming on, they were like, you talk about journaling all the time. In fact, this whole podcast came out of journaling 
can you teach me? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can teach you. So I actually, <laughs> so I actually created my um, guided journal, which is called Zenergize Your Life Volume 1. And that was nice. on Amazon. And my volume two. And then they were like, and you do poetry. Where's your poetry book? I was like, let me work on that. You know, and I'm actually <laughs> working on a poetry book, but then I ended up, I ended up writing a memoir. And this is my nice. poetry book, my memoir. And so kind of all of that came out of pivoting and, and learning things to be grateful for and, and looking at what I had to work with. And, you know, I think a lot of what you did came out of the same thing. You know, you have these, this trauma, this sadness, but you want to transform it. You want to make something good out of it. So you create your art, you create your book, you know, several books, and you try to find joy in a journey. Exactly. So, <laughs> so what kind of advice, you know, there could be men, women, children, you know, who are, who are struggling, who are feeling down or depressed or whatever obstacles they're, they're kind of coming up against. What, what kind of advice or tips do you have on, on actually gratitude and also on finding joy in the journey since that kind of came up? What, what can I, what, what could you say to them? What has helped you to not focus on the negative, to try instead to kind of focus on the positive and transform those things? Yes, ma'am. Several things. So in the light of knowing that everything that exists starts in our minds, you know, really being aware of your self, your pot, your, your, your self-talk, you know, starting with, you know, being conscious of keeping your mind on a, in a positive place. No, it's not always going to be in a positive place. You know, you're not always going to feel like that. But really making a conscious consciousness to be positive and think positive things and positive thoughts. And when you your mind sways away from those positive thoughts, being conscious enough to pull yourself back into positiveness. Um, breathing. Breathing is a big thing, like taking deep breaths, like getting that oxygen from the deep breaths. Like that is a good reset. Like if you don't have anything else you have your breath. Your breath is what supports you. And so, um, you know, taking deep breaths and, and during during tough times, uh, anxious times, for me, it really helps. Um, learning to meditate. Mm. Learning to meditate has been a real positive thing in my life because you... Because it, it gives your time and uh, mind to be still. Because in most times, my thoughts are racing. I'm having thoughts like just constantly, you know, <laughs> you know, like mile a minute. And so the meditation stops all of that. And, and it, it takes practice. I use um, a free app. Um, it's called Insight Timer. And that's a free app. They have they have subscriptions and stuff, but I just use the free um, subscription. And um, I use that app I, in the mornings. I do like uh, I do two two meditations. Um, one for just for the morning and for gratitude for the mornings, and then another one is like a three minute abundance mantra. And um, that's like a reset because you really in the mornings, you really want to get yourself, you know, you want to 
wake up in a spirit of gratefulness and gratitude because that's going to open up, you know, your the doors for many blessings and just a good day for you um, throughout your day because your, your morning is what, you know, sets the tone. And so um, that's one thing. The meditation is a big deal. Um, and just practicing it, it doesn't come natural. It is a practice thing that you have to learn to do. And it's, it's cool if you just meditate for one minute, you know, starting out. Um, also, just journaling um, and writing your thoughts down. Like, I don't even, I don't do it enough, uh, but I have the consciousness to do it. Um, writing down how you feel and, and, you know, your thoughts and your goals, all of that is symbolic on just, you know, being able to release, you know, like we keep so much in our heads, you know, that weighs, weighs, weighs us down or we might have a lot of things to do. So write those things down so that it's not on your head. Um, I feel like writing has just really been um, a powerful release for me. Um, I think that when you can, you know, look back um, and see where you come from because you wrote it down uh, and you can read it. That is a powerful thing to see the change that you have, have, uh, you know, overcome and the things that you you've accomplished. And uh, it really, you know, helps you to be grateful, you know, cause you can, you can physically see it, you know, where you come, you know, cause sometimes, um, we forget or we repress and, um, but, uh, we, we always need to be reminded of, you know, where we've come from to just know that, that we have so much strength to persevere, to move on and to be determined to keep going forward. Uh, and lastly, I would say, um, um, joy, remembering that joy and happiness are two different things. Um, joy is something that is uh, internal and it doesn't rely on external forces. It's something that you have within yourself, you know, and um, just remember that you have so much to be grateful for. Um, you know, it really is life is really a precious thing. And, um, you know, when you have that time to spend with family and things, don't take it for granted, you know, hold that dear to you, um, find things that you're passionate about because those, that's where your joy will stem from that. Like it'll, it'll really come forward when you're doing things that you're passionate about and that you enjoy. Um, but even on the times when things are difficult, you can go back in your in the crevices of your mind to remember that you have a lot to be thankful for. And um, life is one of them. You know, just remember to celebrate the, the simple things and, and um, the small things in life. I agree with that. You know, it reminded me of uh, the story that I heard. And it was this um, therapist. And he was talking about one of his clients had uh, 
filed for divorce and he was very angry. He came to therapy. He said, they told me I have to wait six weeks. You know, I have to wait six weeks. And, you know, sometimes it takes as long as three months to get married. I want to be married now. I mean, I, I want to be divorced now. I'm mad. And, and the therapist said, he was like, you know, look, you're getting ready to start a new chapter in your life. And you need to get rid of this bitterness. You need to get rid of this bitterness. And you want this time, this transition to be peaceful. You guys are still living together. And you don't need to be filling your life and your home with all this negative energy. He was like, so I just want you to go home. And I want you, since you got to be there, you got to deal with this person for the next six weeks to three months. I just want you to find something nice to say every day. Just something nice to say every day. Just one thing. He was like, just one thing you could thank her for, one thing nice that you could do for her, just one nice thing, you know, just something good. Look for the good. Just say just one thing. And he was like, I don't see nothing in that woman, you know, and he was like, but you're right. I got to be there. So let me just try. And so the husband went home and he set out to do this one nice thing or say one nice thing every day, you know. And then he, he went back to therapy and he was going back and his attitude was changing. And it was about a month in and uh, the therapist said, you seem really different. You seem calmer. You seem more peaceful. You know, our sessions seem to be going better. And he was like, how's the divorce going? Is it final? He was like, the divorce? Oh, no, I canceled that. I mean, she's a whole different woman. You know, I mean, I started doing that nice stuff that you said, you know, for me to do. And you know what? She started being nice to me. She started be cooking for me again. And she started rubbing my feet. And, you know, she would bring me my slippers at night and make me a little hot toddy. And I forgot that that was the woman I married. And the, and the therapist was like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but it was like the power of putting in positivity. And, and he kind of said to the man, you do realize that a lot of times what you plan is what you reap. So if all you're wanting is negativity, then that's all you're going to get back. That's right. As soon as you started planning some positivity, as soon as you started looking for things to be grateful for, you started finding them. You started seeing the woman that you married again. She really hadn't changed that much. She was just reacting to the negativity. And and you, you know, if I would have told you that, you wouldn't have believed me. But I told you to find something one one positive thing to do every day just one positive thing to say every day and you you did it and you saw what happened you know and that may not work for everybody's relationship but sometimes sometimes relationships can be transformed just through the power of gratitude just through you know because what we tend to focus on we tend to magnify that's right we tend to um we tend to harp on it and sometimes people will be like, man, that's all she sees in me is negative. Well, if you, especially kids, well, if you think I'm like that, I'm going to show you, you know what I'm saying? And they get that, that, that really bad attitude. But when you start to, when you start to notice the good things and start to thank them for the good things and, and be appreciative of the good things, it, it tends to, it tends to make those good things happen more, you know, and yes. I've seen that happen with a lot of students, you know, because there could be a student who, oh my gosh, to everybody else, that kid is a terror. But to you, this other teacher, they're fine. And it's because 
you found positive things to say to them. You weren't always like, pull up the pants, you know, and, and, and why your hair look like that? And take those glasses off, you know, the sunglasses, you know what you, it wasn't negative every time you saw them. It was, Hey, how you doing? How was, I, I heard you played great in the game yesterday. You know, yeah. how many points did you, how many points did you score? Well, I scored this. Oh man, I got to come see you next time. I, I want to see you score. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's all about what are you putting in? Are you putting in positivity or positivity? Or are you putting in negativity? So, you know, we've been talking about gratitude and I want you to tell people where to find you. All right. Yes. Um, you can find me on my website. Uh, short version is bit.ly B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash um, capital F. R-E-N-C-H-Y, uh, capital B-O-O-K-S. Um, that's my website. Um, you can um, Google um, the business B-N-S L-L-C. I'm on Google, um, Instagram, um, and Facebook, mostly Instagram. Um, so you can hit me up on at B-N-S L-L-C, B-E-A-N-D-U-S-L-L-C. And um, I'm on TikTok under my first name, under French Air, F-R-E-N-C-H-A-I-R-E. Um, I am uh, pretty much an open book, so you can just hit me up on Facebook or Messenger. Um, I do have a, a Facebook group that you can join um, if you're a black business owner um, or want to connect with black business owners. Uh, it's called Ujamaa Market, uh, U-J-A-M-A-A -A -A, uh, Market on Facebook and um, the podcast, a news you can use podcast is um, on any pro any platform that you're listening to your podcast. I uh, love it if you're streaming the um, podcast. Um, if you're not buying my book um, on uh, my website, I love it if you uh, go to Amazon or support the black business stores, black, uh, black bookstores that my, my books are at. Um, you can go to the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute, the um, bookstore in there has my books, um, Loving, Loving Like Cuisine in St. Louis are carrying my books, uh, uh, The Love Goddess, Heal, um, Healing Oasis, you can um, get my books there in St. Louis, or Amber Bookstores in St. Louis, um, also on WE Bookstore Online, uh, Dreamspire. Uh, and, um, yeah, so yeah, connect with me. Um, let's get, let's get these stories out, especially mommy and daddy. Do you still love me anymore? Let's get the book out to as many, um, foster and adopted children as possible. I love it. If you, um, uh, send any kind of donations, uh, to me printing the book, uh, to ship out to, um, children who are, um, in foster care and adoption. Uh, I'm doing, uh, taking adoption, um, excuse me, taking donations and my cash app is dollar sign B E A N D U S uh, L L C B N S L L C and our PayPal. Uh, and my website is paypal.me forward slash French share. And then I say, I really thank you for this interview. I really enjoyed uh, sharing with you and your audience. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And, and I want to thank everybody who's listening and who will listen to the replay and who will listen to it on audio, um, who will watch it on YouTube, you know, all of, I mean, we put out this stuff, you know, on all kinds of different platforms. So I want to thank you guys for joining us and please like subscribe, share, 
uh, support, you know, you can get my books on Amazon, Plenty of Guppies and Other Dating Misadventures is my poetry prose memoir. Um, my guided journal is Energize Your Life, Volume 1. And just you got lots of other episodes that you guys can tune in and listen to. So I want to thank you for joining us and may you walk in Zenergy. Have a great day. Zenashe, a newly divorced 43-year-old Southern woman, wanted a fresh start. She'd heard there were plenty of fish to choose from in the modern dating pond. What she discovered were plenty of guppies, exactly 101 of them. The result? A provocative, transparent, raw, and delightfully uncensored account of her experiences with the 101 men she encountered on her journey to find the one. In Plenty of Guppies, Zen spills all the tea on dating psychology, relationships, and self-discovery while giving readers a rare glimpse into the life of an award-winning artist and best-selling author. The book is an enlightening narrative that explores gender roles and identity outside of societal expectations. Zen has written a refreshingly mature modern-day epic of online dating, layering her personal story with erotic poetic verses and passionate prose that frame her journey toward rebuilding a life as a single woman and adjusting to both an empty nest and boomeranging children. Thank you.